Well, happy Wednesday evening to everybody out there in Hawkeye Nation. I'm Corey Bratta here from the Hawkeye of the Storm, and I'm pleased to be joined by the one and only Coach Gary Close. Hello. Gary, you're looking good on a Wednesday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Are we starting to round into form, not just the Hawkeyes, but you and me on this show? Are we going to really bring it tonight like the Hawkeyes have been these uh, last I, I don't think there, I don't think there's any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, appreciate everybody being here for a belated edition of the show. Um, was not able to make it last night, so I appreciate everybody being willing to, to hop on with us here uh, the next day. And, and Gary, I'm kind of glad that uh, this was the game we made the schedule change for because what a game we had to talk about even 24 hours later. I think people are excited to be on here and, and talk about a two-game winning streak and two straight quad one victories for uh, your Iowa mm -hmm. Hawkeyes. Before we get to the implications and moving forward, looking at the schedule, we're going to spend at least the next half hour to 45 minutes talking about this. Gary, I want to ask you, uh, does this look like a different team than it did a month ago, or is it just a matter of the, the little things are going Iowa's way finally? Yeah, I, th I, I think you're probably right. I think, um, you know, they were close uh, on a number of occasions. And, um, you know, in some cases, it's guys going through this for the first time. And sometimes you got to get whapped upside the head a little bit to keep improving. And, uh, but, it, you know, it looked like they were, you know, close to breaking through. It's just a matter of time. And, and um, uh, you know, the big, the big win uh, last weekend and then the followed up with a win at Michigan State was huge. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to see, and not totally surprising, but um, certainly enjoyable. I got a couple of notes, and I know there's a bunch of people already on here that want to chat with you and, and get your take. I'm sure some of this is going to be about the future, so I want to spend a few minutes at least talking about this game specifically yesterday in Iowa defeating Michigan State in East Lansing, 78-71. And, Gary, in one of the harder places to win in this, not just this conference, but in the country, you know that. Definitely. And got to give Fran McCaffrey credit. They've had Michigan State's number. I didn't realize this. They've won five of their last six meetings wow. with Michigan State now. That's uh, including that that's one last year that was just off the charts. <laughs> I remember that. 11, 11 point comeback with under a minute yeah. to go. But uh, just a few notes from me, Gary. And then if you've got any notes or ob big kind of big observations, takeaways from mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, one, I just I continue to love how Tony Perkins plays, even when he's not making all his shots. Um, he made so many big plays. He makes so many big plays at the rim and uh, looking for contact, big plays in the clutch. We saw him make the game-winning shot against Wisconsin. He had a big bucket last night, an awkward layup uh, at a big moment in the game when Michigan State had cut the lead down. Mm -hmm. I just love how the kid plays. He's one of my favorite Hawkeyes of, of the Fran era, and I know that says a lot because he's been a lot of great ones. Um, ben Crickey was phenomenal. Um, you know, We'll get to Owen Freeman and the continued struggles, staying out of foul trouble for Owen. But uh, Ben Crickey was just fabulous. A guy who struggled during Big Ten play. Just your thoughts on on Ben yesterday. How big was he? He was huge. I mean, especially with uh, Freeman and Dembali getting into foul trouble, he he really needed to step up. I didn't, you know, double-double. And he was by far the best inside player on the court. Now, Michigan State is not. That's one, that's where they're weak. Those young guys have not developed. Uh, I'm sure where coaches would like them to be. But, you know, so what? He um, – he got some big baskets, got some huge rebounds. Michigan State is historically a great rebounding team, especially at their place. And they had to have somebody fill the void, and he did it in a big-time way. And what we have to realize, too, Gary, and you know this, is, is Ben is not a known to be a great rebounder. He wasn't a great rebounder of Alpo. He's a leading scorer in the Missouri Valley Conference and has not been a real strong rebounder for Iowa. So to be able to go there, and it sounds like Fran McCaffrey challenged him specifically to uh, get on the glass, 14 boards. I think he had, what, eight or nine in the first half. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it just seemed like will and determination um, for a guy who normally maybe that's his weakness. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, you know it's exactly what they needed, uh, especially with those other guys in foul trouble and and uh, including their best rebounder. So that's off to him. He really he really stepped up. Again, 14 rebounds on the night for Ben Crickey. And uh, he is our RTI Threads player of the game. 18.7 of 11 from the field. And those 14 boards leading Iowa, not leading Iowa in scoring, but certainly leading Iowa throughout this game, played 38 minutes. I just couldn't lead the floor. He had to. Yeah. Couldn't lead the floor. Yeah. And I'll say this, Gary. I know Evan Bronze only played three minutes. But I thought those three minutes he played, I don't think he was great, but just having a guy who's big and physical you could send mm -hmm. in there like, I know he's on scholarship, and some people are like, why is the kid even here if we're not going to play him? 
they needed him when yeah. when Dembele and and uh, Freeman are both in in foul trouble early, and and we're going to talk plenty. Most of this show is going to be all positives because what a streak here we have to talk about. But I have written down Owen Freeman cannot all caps cannot defend without fouling. It is amazing to me, and I understand he's a freshman. We've talked about this subject before. Played really well against a really good big at, against Wisconsin the other day, and was just torched that game. Played basically the whole game. What do you see at him? Because yesterday, what I see when I watched that game back yesterday, I watched it a couple of times, his highlights a couple of times. I see, first of all, never maintaining verticality. He goes for pump fakes all the time, reaches mm-hmm. in constantly. And then the lack of it, what I think concerns me the most, and he's going to get there, I have no doubt about it. He's really, really good offensively. Got a great head on his shoulders. But I am concerned when I see uh, his lack of awareness, like, Knowing, hey, I've got two fouls. I can't, I can't swipe down for third. Right. And then you have three, and he he does the same thing for number four. I, I just yeah. just give me your thoughts. I, I you've you've hit it right on the nail. It's it's uh, right on the head. It's um, it just comes with uh, inexperience. You know, he's not a real good post defender in terms of like you said. Uh, you know, staying between him, his man and the basket, staying down. Um, he tends to push rather than using you know handsy rather than using his chest. He leaves his feet. Wax down all those things, and he, he's got to, you know, he's got to get better at it. Or he's going to be in constant foul trouble, and the word's out now. I mean, that's that's going to be the top of everybody's scouting report is go at him, try to get him in foul trouble, and so he's got to be more disciplined and smarter, and see if he can get beyond that. But um, yeah, it's important. It's hard to talk hypotheticals, but I think it's fitting that we keep Ben Cricky's numbers up here because given that situation with Owen, Ben Cricky doesn't put up 18 and 14. They don't win this game. I'm pretty confident no. in that. Like no. just his effort all the way around. Um, and yeah, number three, I have the fouls in my head. The third foul, of course, he got two within the first three to four minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And none of none of these fouls are pretty. They're they're all blatant. They're, there's no question about them. They're fouls. Yep, yep, no I know there have been some talks about you know maybe he's not getting a fair whistle on the other end. It doesn't matter if he's not on the floor because he's fouling defensively. Well, the, and you get a reputation too, so it, it's uh, you know that doesn't help. The third foul, he gets he gets uh, he gets hit inside, swipes down, gets called for the foul, and then the fourth foul was as egregious as I've seen. Guy drives on him, bangs him, and he just shoves the guy. I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's what you do when you have three fouls early in the second half. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? Anyways, uh, that'd be a concern of mine because I don't know that you can count on Ben Cricky every night giving you 14 boards, especially the effort on the glass from Iowa. Uh, And it sounds like Iowa had a players-only meeting um, prior to maybe the Wisconsin game, and they talked about rebounding and toughness. I have no question about it. Ben Cricky, even though he's only been here, this is his one season with the Hawks, he's an older, experienced guy. And um, his leadership, again, on the road was just invaluable. Uh, I also have written down here, Gary, um, Iowa takes some really, I'll call them tough shots. But during the game, I look at him, I think those are bad shots. I, I have not seen a Fran team take so many bad shots. What's crazy about it is they actually make a lot of them. Like Tony makes tough shots. Josh Dix makes tough mid-range jumpers. Mm-hmm. Peyton Sanford takes bad shots all the time, fading away from weird angles, threes with guys in his face. Even Ben Cricky takes some really unorthodox shots with the left arm inside, but they do make a number of those. And then that's not even talking about Patrick McCaffrey, who drew a lot of fouls and got to the line yesterday. He was really good. But uh, am I right in saying that Iowa takes a lot of weird-looking shots? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, they, they, they definitely got the green light, which is what, you know, what every – player likes to have um and when they go down it's it's great when they don't then you got a you got a bit of a problem so um they they were aggressive the entire game including shot selection and and uh and in this case it you know it, it, they were fine because they made their fair share uh gave up way too many th- open threes early i think michigan state started three of three five of seven from three way too many open threes from the corner from the wing everywhere uh Zone was hit and miss, I thought, throughout the game. There, there were times where the 2-3 was effective, and then there were times where it just gets carved up for easy layups and open threes. Uh, talk about what you saw at Iowa's defense yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing they did that because they didn't respect Michigan State from the perimeter, and maybe they were worried about foul trouble, ironically, uh, on the road. Um, there were times where it was good. There were other times where it totally broke down. They gave up 
you know, easy baskets and one or two passes, but they played well enough, especially in the interior uh, that, um, you know, they didn't foul a lot in terms of uh, Michigan state going to the free throw line a ton. And for the most part, they did a good job of rebounding out of it. Uh, Michigan state is usually a very good offensive rebounding team. So defensively they were good enough to, you know, get a good road win. So um, it worked. My only other note, I thought officiating was overall was just fine. However, whenever Iowa plays in East Lansing, I always expect the whistles, the, the zebras to favor Michigan State to an extent. I thought there were some mistraveling calls. Um, there weren't a lot of travels called in general. There was one called on Josh Dix. It was absolutely a travel on an uh, easy layup. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. did. But there, I thought there were some mistravels against Michigan State. But in general, I thought Paul Sells, who I know some Iowa fans really dislike, um, I thought that crew was was just fine yesterday. And how about yeah, this, Gary? Uh, Joe Lenardi officially has Iowa on his bubble. There you Give go. Initial thoughts on that. He's on. They're on the bubble. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe's, you know, I, I look at that every once in a while. I don't know how he comes up with all that, but. Um, it, it, I guess it still shows that the Big Ten's got some, you know, still got a fair amount of respect and they're moving up, uh, you know, they're moving up in the standings and got you know, got a big road win. Those are hard. And uh, I went over a team that early in the year was ranked sixth in the country. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're trending in the right direction. All right. Uh, we don't have a ton of time for callers this evening, but we're going to go to our Iowa Smokehouse Call in line in just a second as we talk about Iowa's big big time 78-71 victory, their second straight quad one win. In fact, uh, they were 0 for 7 heading into this game as it relates to quad one contests. So big time for the NCAA tournament. They got opportunities at more quad one victories potentially. Talk about that here in a little bit. Before I do that, before we go to our callers, I want to let everybody know, I know you've been hearing about this deal for a while after the Caitlin Clark uh, record break, but uh, shop uh, at iowasmokehouse.com today, tonight. Get your orders in because this deal ends today. I know it says for a limited time only. 22% off ends at midnight tonight, so get your Iowa Smokehouse orders in now. There is no limit on number of orders, number of items, so get it in now, folks. You're probably not going to see this deal again anytime soon. Use the code Hawkeye22 at iowasmokehouse.com for 22% off your order. Again, that's Hawkeye22 at uh, iowasmokehouse.com. Spend 50 bucks, you'll get free shipping to your doorstep as well. iowasmokehouse.com. Let's go to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. We've got our friend uh, Doug from... There's Doug. I saw Doug at the Coast. arena. Yeah, I've got a picture with you, Coach. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so um, first you, of you all... Probably, you probably had a really good day today, didn't you, Doug? Yes. <laughs> I've had a couple good days. Confirmed. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, uh, yeah, I've been actually recognized quite a bit now that I have to drive my mom to, I've been recognized at two different, uh, hospitals from this show. And, uh, so everyone's like, you're, you're, you're the guy who calls into Corey Brada's show. And I go, yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? They say it's a good thing. So, it's then, good thing for now. Yeah. Um, I, I would can go one and three in the last four, they can go three and one. Um, and yes, they can still get a double buy. I the scenario I put out was with all four teams finishing eleven and nine. So right now we have to cheer for uh, Indiana to beat Nebraska. So uh, if everything went the way, some of those were more far fetched because Northwest. I don't remember some of the teams had to go two and three. Uh, everyone had to lose at least two games. So uh, you're and, yeah, getting a double buy in the yeah. Big Ten tournament. Okay. It, we we would have to go three and one. Um, yeah, Northwestern had to go like three and two, or no, Northwestern had to go two and three. But um, as far as the Big Ten tournament goes, uh, I always said the eleventh seed would be better than the eight, nine, or ten seed. The sixth—you just want to stay away from the one-two. I think. No offense, coach, but I would take Wisconsin again in that quarterfinal. Or and, and yeah, I'd say Purdue and Illinois right now are are yeah. clearly yeah above everybody else. That's the reason why if we. I ain't going. To, we're gonna win the next four. You said we, if we get six and zero, we get in the tournament. But I'll sell for uh, five and one because Illinois is just really tough, and I, I and we struggle there just as much as we struggle in East Lansing. Um, uh, let's see questions I might have. Uh, one would be about uh, backcourt 
and maybe the lack of depth in the backcourt right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Harding only getting three minutes, Bowen getting no minutes, um, not trusting them. Uh, is it, you know, I imagine that's ma- basically it. He, I mean, Brock is kind of a defensive liability. I like Brock's game, but is that the reason why Brock ain't playing? I think it was for defensive reasons. Yeah, the size against those big physical experienced guards. I'm guessing that. I'm guessing that was it. And Tony's playing really well. Um, and he obviously can handle the minutes. So um, he's going with experience and especially on the road. And I hate to say this about a player, but I have a hard time. I hope he doesn't, but I have a hard time foreseeing DeSante Bowen not leaving. <laughs> he ain't playing. I mean, the guy's not even seen the floor now. And he's a four-star recruit from out east that had a lot of hype coming here. And he hadn't played well. I mean, I, I don't blame Fran for not playing. I mean, he ain't playing well. Right now, you'd rather play Tony 36, 37 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, and maybe Coach can answer this a little bit. Uh, I guess it's an opinion too. Um, the difference is, is I, I like I said, there's always a part where this team plays really dumb. They played dumb in parts last night. Um, how do you keep a team consistent throughout the whole game and over uh, overcome um, when they do? Like they're making shots against Wisconsin, but overcome a drought or overcome um, a team just pounding them. You know what? Adjustments. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I think you know that's where you need your seniors to step up and provide leadership. And hey, we've been here before. Let's you know, let's let's get a stop. Let's get a good shot. Let's you know, take care of the ball. Things that you know, the little things that uh, you know that can help you get things turned around once the shot shots start falling and things like that. Every every team goes through it in yeah. a game or you know, and so. I think that's where you rely on your seniors to step up and show the way. And which I think they did last night. To to plug in and talk about senior leadership and upperclassmen, Doug. I was thinking about that this morning. You know, two game winning streak, both quad one wins. If they somehow win Saturday, it's their best quad one win. Um, I I don't expect that to happen, but I think if they they win either at Northwestern at Illinois, they they play themselves into a a real conversation, regardless of big tournament results. We can talk about that. But as it relates to leadership on this team, Tony Perkins is playing well. Patrick is playing better and playing well at the right time. Um, I'll be completely honest with you guys. I don't trust Patrick handling the ball. I just don't. But I'm not I'm not a Patrick hater. He made some great plays yesterday and getting to the foul line, um, really important for Patrick. Ended up playing 27 minutes and made four or five from the free throw line. Five of eight from the field, 14 points. I mean, we could yeah, easily a big, 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 uh, big boost off the bench. Um, well, I just look at I just look at the, the roster makeup. They don't lose very much heading into next year. Now, word on the street is they're going to lose Patrick. You know, barring something, I think he's gone. If he leave, he could come back. He could come uh, back. Tony is, I think, going to come back. I, I think Tony's coming back. And then who do they lose? Ben Cricky. Yeah. You know, so – they could be really good next year. Or somebody doesn't poach them in the – Well, and again, that's no reason why I think uh, DeSante Bowen might transfer if Tony did come back. I, I If Tony's getting 30-some minutes, 35 minutes a game, I would definitely see the writing on the wall that I'm not playing next year. But um, I think he's going to – I don't think it matters what Tony does. Okay. I just think I, he's not playing at all. Yeah. <laughs> that says more about DeSante Bowen, I think, at this point than it does about – He struggled. He, he struggled. He really well, hasn't had very many – Quality minutes to even at, at times they and I was going to mention Lodgy. There's times I really like what Lodgy does. There's times I, like I said, there's only about three players I really trust sometimes on the floor, and they, they, there's there's times that I'm going, why do they do some of the things they do? That's the reason why we lose some of these games. They just do some dumb things at times. But um, my last question is: This is Tony's team, right? When we talk about Alpha Dog, we can all agree that Tony. I don't know if our leadership, but this is uh, – if they don't do anything in the next six to eight games, it will be based on Tony, right? Yeah, I, I think he's got he's to lead them. I don't think there's any doubt. He's he's the most experienced player. He's he's won a lot of big games um, for the team. So, yeah, but, he, but he's got to have people come along with him. But he's he's had a really, really good year. I, I've, I've been impressed with uh, – how much he's improved, how tough he's playing, physical he's playing. He's not afraid to take the big shot. Some guys are, um, 
there's a lot of things to like about Tony. Is he an All Big Ten uh, this year? He 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 may, he'll make at least second or third team All Big Ten, right? I think so. Okay. Well, thank you guys. I have a lot more, but you said to be quick, and I'm never quick. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Uh, we've got James here. Before we get to you, James, I do want to mention something about Tony Perkins. I know people know I'm a big fan of Tony Perkins, um, but when you watch him, um, I made the comment earlier this year, he's their best player. I've also come to the conclusion that he's their most important player. I mean, if, if he's not playing with the lack of confidence they have right now, clearly lack of confidence in. Oh, my. Uh, fuck. In Get the Harding. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> Brock Harding, <laughs> Gary, uh, you know, where do you go? Um, if you're not going to ride Brock Harding in a game at East Lansing for 20 to 30 minutes. So um, just really, really impressed by what Tony's giving them, especially throughout Big Ten season. Um, and, and Owen Freeman, I mean, they've had games where he's been so hampered, they've had to figure out a way to play without him, and they've done that. I think Owen Freeman's going to be the best player on this team for several years. But uh, I just keep thinking, how much better can Owen Freeman be next year? And then you potentially bring back Tony Perkins, and you're going to get back Peyton Sanford. Mm-hmm. How good could this team be? And then Josh Dix is a year older as well. Yeah, you yeah, know, I agree. And maybe you, you know, I know Cricky's leaving. If they could do something, in the transfer portal. I mean, just like they, they did something in the portal last year and they swung and missed on a lot of guys. They bring in Ben Cricky and he's been, he's been what they've needed. I mean, he's wow. not, been, yeah, he's been solid. Yep. He's been, he's been solid. So um, those are my two cents, but certainly still a lot to look forward to uh, for this season ahead. Um, before we get to our next caller, I want to thank RTI threads. Uh, as we uh, mentioned earlier, they're sponsoring our player of the game, each and every men's game and women's game. Their baseball site is now up. They're partnering with, the Swarm and Iowa Baseball. Visit iowabaseballswarm.com and check out the Iowa Baseball Team NIL Apparel. That's iowabaseballswarm.com. The site is up, it is live, and it's ready for business. Let's go to our next Iowa Smokehouse caller, James. We got you now, James. Yeah, what's up? My what's bad. Up? I, my, my computer always, like, it will work sometimes and it won't work other times. So then I try to do my computer, but sometimes my, like, computer just lags and y'all start glitching i can't hear what you guys are saying and i'm like well i'm gonna go on my phone now so that's why i was in and out a little bit but you're good but no that's a good win for them for sure it's definitely when they need and to me the most intriguing part i feel like is getting illinois twice because i feel like you have to at least be illinois one time at least to get all right because you have to win three of i think you have to win three of the next four at least to even have a chance to get into the tournament I mean, depending on what you're in the big, you're talking about regular season, yeah. not yeah, yeah, regular season. I'm yeah, but I'm saying, but that means you have to be Illinois at least one time because you play them twice in the next four games. So, so we can agree on this. You got to beat Penn State, right, uh, Gary? Yeah, you can't lose to a 12 and 14 Penn State team and a team they already lost to, so they got to beat them at home. Um, and then you probably got to beat Illinois because that's a home game. I, I agree with James. You know, if you're not going to beat them at home. You better find a way to beat them on the road, but I think it's more likely you lose on the road than find a way to close out that last game. That last game could be cue match with that environment. Yeah. yeah, what you like on that last weekend? Well, especially uh, since Illinois might be playing for. Well, I don't know how what the conference things look like at the top, but well, my my guess is Illinois was playing. Yeah, for that'll be a big game for Illinois, probably. And they do play Purdue before that, and if Purdue beats them, it might be over, which might be good for Iowa. They may not be. Yeah as tuned in as they would be if they were playing for the Big Ten Championship. For sure. But it was something that, like, to me, when that game kind of got close again, I was like, just don't ruin it. But one thing I kind of noticed is, like, I feel like Patrick played bit well this last game. Obviously, you know, he's been here to miss some games, but I feel like off the bench he played well this game. And I think that's something important, too, that we have to look at. Is like, if he keeps giving us some production off the bench, then we know we can at least get something off the bench because – we don't know our bench is kind of hit or miss right now. And I think that's kind of scary. Like you said, with don't know what you're getting from DeSante and then you got Brock and a lot of G you don't know what you're getting from the young guys either. So kind of, you need that study hand off the bench. I feel like. Yeah. yeah Patrick was big last, last night. He, he really stepped up and like Corey said, got to the free throw line and shot, shot a high percentage. Um, he gave, gave a huge boost. For sure. What, what do you think? I'm trying to see where we're see where are we at right now in the standings. Does anybody know like where we're at in the conference? 
Well, they're, they're in the middle of the pack, right? Yes. They're the only eight and eight team in the conference, but you got Minnesota at seven, seven, and then you got Indiana Rutgers six and eight. And then right above Iowa, you got eight and seven, Nebraska, nine and seven, Michigan State. Oh, here it is. Northwest. Yeah, I got it right here. My bad. Yeah, I feel like obviously if you win three of the next four, let's say you'll be at what, 11? So you put yourself in a spot, maybe you get that four spot if you can win three of the next four, depending on what everybody else does. But you still give yourself a chance at least at it. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. I think three out of four will make it real interesting, you know, because they're going to have to beat some pretty good teams to get to three and four or three and one. Joe Lenardi's got Iowa as, I believe, the seventh team out. That would put them at what? Yeah. Yeah, that would be seventh team out. Yeah, from what I've seen earlier. So that's, I mean, (laughs) I don't know how accurate Joe Lenardi is, but that's, I didn't expect to see that at this point. Um, And, you know, maybe there's some recency bias too. I don't know. I mean, I know these, the selection committee is looking at resumes as a whole, but if I was playing really good basketball in late March or, or excuse me, in early March, late February, maybe that helps that those quad one wins were later in the year. They also have some really bad losses. So like the Michigan loss is going to come back to, I think that might, if it's a bubble, I don't know how that, that and the Maryland loss are going to kind of look on a resume when it comes to that point. Yeah. yeah, those are those are tough losses because they're at home. Uh, that's yeah. against teams that are, you know, at the bottom. bottom Especially the Michigan league. one. The Michigan one looks way worse than the Maryland one because the Maryland one at least has six wins. Michigan only has three mm-hmm. in the conference, so that right. one looks way more worse when it comes yeah. to that kind of thing. But I was just kind of seeing what I thought about the game. I was just glad they won, and I know it's tough always to win, and but in uh, East Lansing and for, like you said, surprising I always had so much success against them the last what. Four games. Did they play them twice last year? They didn't play them once last year. Five of the last six. Yeah, five of the last six. It's kind of surprising with what Michigan State used to be, I feel like. But we'll take it and hopefully we can get a big one on Saturday. And I know it's at Illinois. You know, every time we play Illinois, it seems like something goofy always happens or (laughs) the fans are always, their fans are always acting weird a little bit. So we'll see how that works out. But you just got to keep playing the games you can. You never know. You put yourself in a good spot. And I think that's something we didn't know about after the Maryland loss where we'd be now. So we kind of put ourselves in a good spot. We just got to keep finishing it out. Yep. Appreciate it, James. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thanks, James. I had made the statement here a week and a half ago that I thought they were done. Now, when I said that, I said that, and I explained this later on, but with the ex- expectation that they would not win out because I didn't think it was possible. And I stand by that. I, I think it's more likely they don't make the tournament right now. But they're giving themselves a shot. And I don't think, you know, I didn't expect them to go to East Lansing and win. I don't know that I expected them to beat Wisconsin at home. And, um, you know, both of those games, there were moments where it looked like they were going to blow a second half lead once again. And they've held on to those second half leads and found a way to, to dig deep and make big plays at the right time. And, and credit to the coaching staff. What What is it, Gary, you've, you, you've been in the profession. So, what is it about a coaching staff um, as the season's progressing and you see trends like blowing big leads in the second half? What can a coaching staff do? How important is coaching to try to turn that spell around? Well, I think you want to be, you know, you want to be yourself. You know, you, you, you can't get too high when you win and too low when you lose and try to be steady. And, hey, here's, you know, here's where we're at. Here, here's where we need to get better at. Here's what's costing us games. Uh, here are some of the things we're doing well and, and, you know, just stay the course and not try to be something you're not. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Fran does a really good job of that. <laughs> I love this. Job, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda, taking a shot at me to the chat. They are done. Direct Corey quote. Thank you for that. Uh, let's go to Lemansky. Uh, he says, Gary, can you please comment on the Badgers slump? Yeah, they're struggling a little bit. I think um, they're not as good defensively as they normally have been. Uh, they they have they've been inconsistent. They play well at times, but um, they have really really struggled at other times stopping people, which is a real surprise. Um, they've had trouble turning a ball over, which is another real surprise. They, they never do that, um, and they've they've relied a little bit on a lot of jump shooting, three-point shooting, that when they're on, they're great. When they're not, um, they don't get the free throw line as much and the whole deal. So, um, But I think probably if you had to put one 
finger on it. And I think it's defensively they're not as good and as consistent as they have been in the past. And I think that's the, that's their biggest concern. They're giving up a lot of points. They're scoring a lot more than they normally do, but they're giving up a lot. And when, where they've lost, they've given up a lot of points. Just checking in on uh, scores here for this evening. And uh, Gary, I'm a little bit surprised that you wanted to do the show. I kind of left this open to you time-wise. I figured you'd want to watch the the Illinois game. But uh, Illinois is uh, leading Penn State, but not by a ton. They're leading by seven right now. With uh, th- It looks like they're going to close the game out. Under a minute to go, they're up 89-82 um, at Penn State. So... And I haven't watched a ton of Illinois basketball. Uh, this is probably the, they're typically a team that I enjoy watching. Um, I think after the whole Terrence Shannon controversy and whatnot, I kind of, I just kind of lost interest in watching him. But, but he's back and, and he's playing well. What challenges do the Illini present? Obviously, the tough road environment. Yeah, they're good. Uh, you know, they're good. Um, they, um, they've got some talent. They may be as talented as any, any team in the league. Um, the, the transfer kid uh, from Wisconsin is, well, not from the state of Wisconsin, has really helped him. He transferred from, um, I think, Southern Illinois. Um, and uh, and Shannon's getting better and better as the year goes on. He struggled early. So it's an explosive athletic team that um, that does play real well at home. But they're not they're not blowing people out uh, of late. And so I think if, if Iowa can keep the game close – um, especially early in that environment, then, you know, you give yourself a chance, give yourself a shot as the game's winding down. Who, who knows what, you know, make some shots and they don't and you escape. So I think he, I think getting off to a good start is going to be important. A couple things uh, here at the chat. We, we've got Ryan here waiting to talk to you, uh, Gary, but Lonnie wants to know, can someone explain to me why the refs always stand close enough to Izzo to let him talk to them for several minutes in every game? Why don't they just simply move away? I'm anxious <laughs> to ask you kind of a similar question to Lonnie. He works the officials so much. Is, is Does everybody in the Big Ten, do all the other coaches just really respect Izzo, or do they get tired of that constant? You know, he doesn't, he doesn't get called for technicals like other guys, like Fran does, but he's constantly in the ears of the officials. Yeah, he, he does a pretty, he does a good job of of working the officials. I think you know if, if you if you treat him with respect, then they'll listen to you. Uh, I have a greater tendency to li- listen to you, and if you're honest with them, I mean, if you're just up there just blowing false things at them, then they say, "Oh, come on!" I mean, I'm gonna listen to you. So um, you know, he's been around a long time. He's been successful. Um, you know, his demeanor is is pretty solid in terms of how he treats officials, and I think all that stuff. It goes into, you know, working officials and, and he does a good job of that. So um comes with experience and he's been around a long time. I'll tell you what, um, I spoke too soon on this uh, Illinois-Penn State game. I, I, said Penn, I said Penn State was done. It was a seven-point game about 20 seconds ago. And since it was 89-82, uh, made three for Penn State, then a turnover for Illinois and a made layup for Penn State. It's now a two-point game. With 29 seconds left, 89-87. Oh, uh, well, I think I'll go watch the end of that, Corey, and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. If you disappeared right now, I wouldn't blame you. Um, I don't think many people expected that game to be too close. But to your point, Gary, it uh, doesn't look like I'm looking through Illinois' scores. I mean, it took overtime to beat Nebraska. Obviously lost at Michigan State. Um, had a close win at Maryland. It's, they're not blowing teams out of the water. Right. And, uh you know, again, opportunity knocking for a team that's really hot. Right now, uh, Ryan wants to know who the Big Ten Coach of the Year would be in your opinion as of February 21st. That's a good question. Um, I would say uh, either – that's a good question. If if um, Iowa makes the tournament, is Fran in consideration? He probably would. I think, you know, what, what Hoiberg has done at Nebraska is – is good. I think what Ben Johnson's done in Minnesota, I'm shocked they're as high as they are. You know, Purdue has only lost two games, and uh, probably one of those three. Um, if I had to pick one, and it's going to depend on how the teams end end up. Um, you know, I think if Purdue runs away with the with the with the championship, he'll probably get it. If Nebraska or Minnesota could finish strong, they might they might be in the hunt. Bradley says, tell me how you think Tony Perkins is playing so well because I'm not seeing it. Well, I thought I explained that earlier. Um, 
you know, he didn't have the best shooting night last night and he doesn't always shoot the ball real well. But when you need a guy to get inside and get to the foul line, draw contact, uh, he's their most athletic player. He's, I think they're by far their most physical player. Um, you know, not, not counting a post like Owen Freeman. Um, mm-hmm. I just like how Tony plays and I, I trust him with the ball. So I'm not saying he's playing, you know, he didn't play great yesterday, but he's, like you said, I thought what you said, Gary, was a nice way to sum it up. His leadership, you can just see he's leading this team right now. He's playing a lot of minutes. A lot's being put on his shoulders. He's got the ball in his hands a lot. So uh, that's yep. that's where I stand with with Tony Perkins. Yeah, um, as it relates to uh, Illinois, Penn State, just to give everybody an update here, um, it is now it's still 89-87. Um, it looks like Illinois going to the foul line with 18 seconds to go. So we'll keep our eyes on that game. Let's go to our next Iowa Smokehouse caller. Ryan's on hold. Ryan, welcome. Good evening, gentlemen. How are Good you? Good. How are you? Good. Good to see you at Carver uh, on Saturday, Coach. Um, had a good you, time. Actually, you actually said hello to me. I don't know if you remember. It was yeah. It was kind of crowded. <laughs> <laughs> I had my yeah, kid. Was, I had my. Was, uh, a lot of people didn't think they were have a very good crowd there, and it was packed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like you know, 15 minutes before tip off, it looked like it was going to be 10,000, and then sure enough, by tip off, it was very packed. So mm-hmm. it was a great crowd, very loud, mm-hmm. and that was ex- that was exciting. I took my kids with me, and uh, nice. they were like, "Who is that guy?" I'm like, <laughs> "Well." He used to coach for Iowa and for Wisconsin, for that matter. And they're like, well, who's he rooting for? And I go, he wouldn't have come this far if he wasn't <laughs> rooting for us. Hey, real so, quick. You got to root for the guys that get you the tickets. Right. <laughs> Coleman Hawkins just missed two free throws. Penn State ball down two. Go oh, ahead, Brian. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Don't be. Don't be. You give it to me. I see you looking into the corner of your screen, Ryan. Hey. I live in the state of Illinois, and you know what that means. As much as I have to, you know, plug my nose, go Lions. Anyway. Um, But real quick, real quick, foul on Coleman Hawkins with three seconds to go. Penn State will have a chance now to tie this game. You have three seconds. I have 4.2. That's interesting. Coach, do you need to just excuse yourself for a few minutes? Might have to. (laughs) Okay, it's it's a tie, it's a tie, tie ball game. I'll let you know what happens. Um, real quick, and coach, I'm curious if you heard this, but when um, during the Wisconsin game, um, I was sitting right kind of to the left of the basket that Tony Perkins hit the game winner and just a few rows up, and several fans around me were just obliterating Ben Cricky. Um, you know, it, you, I mean, to the point where, hold on a second, hold on. I got him. I got it. I'm sorry. He got fouled on a three. He made three free throws and Penn state has the lead. Penn state, wow. just Penn state, 90 Illinois, see. 89 for the final Penn That's state. Game. Penn state wins. I'm, I'm following it on my phone. So I didn't know he got fouled on. A so three. we could be in trouble with an angry Illini, which isn't going to be fun. Doesn't help. No, I agree. That doesn't help. Even though watching Illinois suffer is. Kind of fun. What, to what a collapse! Yeah. Like seven with under a minute to go, and then you just get blitzkrieged. Well, that actually makes us a little better because you know I kind of looked at Penn State as one of our bad losses. Well, that's still not a good. That's not well, a good. Penn loss State has now beaten Illinois and Wisconsin at their place, so they've got a couple of nice wins. And the twenty-eight people that showed up at Penn State are on the court. <laughs> <laughs> They're that, all parents. That, that has to be he all parents. parents. Oh, I think I just saw the concession guy. He had to, you know, kind of help make it look good. But uh, anyway, uh, as I was saying, Ben Crickey was getting obliterated by fans, um, getting burned. He had a terrible game. And the way he bounced back in arguably the toughest environment in the Big Ten really, really was awesome to see. We really, we really need him. Now, and I'm tying the Wisconsin game, which I couldn't call in for because I was there, with um, last night's game. Uh, with regards to Owen Freeman, now he has to stay on the court and be intelligent if we're going to have any chance that we're talking about, you know, winning three or four or winning out or having any future of the season. 
I think it's really going to have to run largely, obviously, through Tony. But it's going to uh, 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 Owen Freeman's going to have to have a huge, huge part of it. We're already struggling mightily with closing out games. You saw that a little bit to a lesser extent yesterday. That game at, with Wisconsin, he slams the ball with three minutes to go. And just by pure luck, Chucky Hepburn misses two technical free throws. Wisconsin wins if he makes those free throws. That would have just been a terrible example. And then when we, he went out with the second foul with three minutes into the game, I said game over. I mean, I, I, I was not interested anymore, but I watched anyway. <laughs> and I was very, very pleasantly surprised to see other guys come in and respond. But a couple thoughts that I wanted you to comment on. Number one, is it coaching? Is it immaturity? Why Freeman is such a foul magnet? Obviously, he lost his composure at the end of the Wisconsin game. But then, you know, the other thing is, is, Okay, I get it, two fouls in three minutes, but if there is like five minutes to go in the first half and he got his second foul, you know Fran's pulling him. Wouldn't we be a little better off maximizing the minutes that Owen Freeman gives us because he really is such a vital part of our team? I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Thank you. And thank you, Corey, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to be swimming in Iowa Smokehouse come Friday. I, took, I got that 22% off deal. I. I was so upset that the tracking number said Friday and not today. Did your I, wife I, keep you out for the credit card bill? No, no, no. I, I, I took care of it myself, sir. Okay. <laughs> Good, Ryan. Thank hey, you, wish you were here to enjoy it with me, both of you. Thank you. Thank I'm you, curious to hear what yeah. you have to say. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of touched on it before. I think it, some of it's inexperience, some of it's uh, technique in terms of post-defense. Some of it's discipline, um, just, uh, you know, knowing when to do and when, and when not to. And I think that'll get better, you know, with, with experience. So, and I, I think Fran has got to pull him uh, because he's shown that he, he he can't, I won't say control himself, but he's foul prone. And so, um, you know, I think, I think you know, the rule that he has um, – there can't be any leeway with him until he shows that he's a little more disciplined in terms of trying to stay out of foul trouble. On the women's post game show last week, the Iowa Smokehouse website went down, and um, I would like to to think. Well, I was told it was because there were a lot of people going over there to order stuff. So this Jerry, I don't know how to answer this question. He says, "I just tried the Iowa Smokehouse code. They said the discount is expired. I just sent your." inquiry on to the guys over at Iowa Smokehouse. So hang tight. If you are following me on, if there's an issue with the code right now, and if it's website related, whatever the case may be, here's what I want you to do, folks. Um, I've reached out to Iowa Smokehouse. want to make sure we get this, this deal out to everybody's opportunity. Um, I will keep everybody posted on social media. If you're following me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, specifically Twitter, but at the very least, I'll post an update on the community page here on YouTube. As soon as I get word back, so if we're not live on the air because we're going to be wrapping up the show here in a few minutes, I will post an update so everybody knows, hey, I still got an opportunity to, to put an order in. So uh, appreciate you letting me know, Jerry. And um, uh, Talking Iowa Hawkeye Sports and Dean Freen says, or Dean Freen says, we all forget Garza and both Murrays were also foul magnets their freshman year. Um, were they ever, were either of those guys or any of those guys, were they ever as foul inclined as as we're seeing from Owen yeah I don't I don't really know I I, I doubt there were more because he's he is he has struggled with the fouls but that's not uncommon with uh you know with freshman people especially freshman post players all right Gary let, let's look down the schedule just uh, last couple okay. minutes here of the show um we talked about some of these games specifically um you know, it starts with Illinois. You take one game at a time. Obviously, Fran and, and the staff are not going to be looking at anybody other than Illinois this Saturday. But this is going to be an angry Illinois team. <laughs> Based on how yeah. – it just seems like I, we always have this happen. Iowa fans always have this happen where you get an opportunity to big win and all of a sudden you're getting an angry Purdue team or you're getting an well, That's angry Illinois' team. fifth loss. They're now three games behind Purdue. Let me look at the official standings. So, uh, this that, may, that, may, that, may, that may end it. 
Well, I show two losses. I, I show they're 10 and five. Is that not accurate? Maybe that hasn't updated yet. That may not the have. Has three losses? Y- yes. Oh, okay. So unless that yeah. hasn't updated. That's got- right. It's Purdue lost um, just recently. Okay. Yeah. Illinois got five games left. So uh, they're two games back. But, boy, you lose to Iowa at home on Saturday. They're almost certainly done. Um, as it relates to the Big Ten race. And they may lose out in the three seed because even though Wisconsin's on a slide, um, Illinois is uh, – Wisconsin right. and Illinois play each other, so that'll be a big game. Well, Illinois has got a tough, tough road to hope. And Northwestern's 9-6. and six. That's another team that's on Iowa's schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the most likely scenario at this point, Gary? I mean, if, if you talk about winning three of four, what three do you win? Is it Northwestern, Penn State, and home against Illinois? Yeah, I think so. And then, and Northwestern is not going to – that's going to be a bear of a game. Um, they won't be favored in that game for sure. Um, Northwestern's uh, had a really, really good year, and they lost the one guard that hurts them a little bit. But And they've played very well at home. I don't even know if they've lost at home other than that bad loss in the non-conference. They may be undefeated at home. Um, so that, that's, that's going to be a tough – that's going to be a tough game. Three and one would be a, a great finish. 13 and one at home. Good call, Gary. 13 and one at home for Northwestern. Chicago State. <laughs> yeah, they have lost in a Big Ten game at home. I, I really do believe, though, uh, what people said earlier, unless you win the conference tournament, the only way to get into the, the NCAAs right now without winning the conference tournament is you got to at least win three of the last four, which means you either have to knock off 13 and one at home, Northwestern. Or you have to knock off a really angry Illinois team at home. It's thirteen yep. and two at home. Yep. So <laughs> give me, give well, me. You got to beat Illinois at home. <laughs> but as people have said, it was the comment was made earlier today. It's you could argue this is the right time for Iowa to be getting these games because it does give them opportunity. Yep. If they were playing Penn State and Minnesota, Maryland, it probably wouldn't matter. Probably not. Yeah. So an opportunity now to, to, to get a couple of back. And uh, I did just get a, a message back from, from Iowa Smokehouse. They're checking on that. So please hang tight, folks, and uh, we'll keep everybody posted. I uh, want to run through the comment section one more time. Last call on the phone line if you want to give us a quick ring before we head out. 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. There's also a link to join by StreamYard uh, in the description below. A um, couple comments here before we head out. Bradley brings up, uh, this is an incredible stat when you think about the disparity here. 16th in scoring, 331st in defense. Now, I don't know if that's, uh, are we talking about scoring defense? That seems almost Probably. too hard to believe, but maybe that's accurate. Um, that's uh, shocking, uh, dis- discouraging, but at the same time, this is Iowa basketball. This is how they play. Um one thing we didn't talk about yesterday, Gary, is I thought that – well, we did talk about it briefly. I thought there were spurts of the game where the zone was really effective. And mm-hmm. it got Michigan State sideways, uh, and they turned the ball over. Iowa forced some turnovers. I did see Tony Perkins gamble on a few, and he got burned a couple he of times. He gambles a little too much, yep, yep. Is he gotten a little too cute doing that? It's um, – you know, it's great when it, when it works, but when it doesn't, it breaks the whole defense down and really, uh, really – you know, it's four on five. And so it's it's you really got to be careful doing that. Um, and he, you know he's he um, he he's done that a little bit a little bit too much at times. So got to get that under control. And um, as I mentioned, he uh, Tony was was really good, but gambled a few, got mm-hmm. burned a couple of times. But in general, the zone um, was good at, at moments of the game and, again, got Michigan State sideways. And it could have easily went south with all those threes they were giving up early. And you get that crowd. That was one of my big keys heading into the game is get the crowd, keep the crowd out of it early. It's hard to do when you get the student right. section just loud as can be. What a difference between what you yeah. see there and so many other venues. Um, and uh, it seems like Tom Izzo has a, a kind of the uh, reputation for – putting his face in his hands when he's <laughs> frustrated. Does that become more of a late career thing for him? Has he always done that? I would say he's probably always done that. But I, <laughs> I don't really know because most of the time I wouldn't look at him. So uh, it's only of late that I've had a chance to see more of that. I will say this. Pete, we, we rip on Tom Izzo. Um, when I've heard him talk about Fran, I've heard him talk about other people. He seems like a nice guy. 
Is, yeah. is that fair? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's top of the line. What makes him such a great coach? Um, he, he, the kids love him. They, they play hard for him. Um, he, you know, he's got their back. He, he's honest. I think it's a big thing with coaching is you gotta be honest. I'm not, you know, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth and truth that sometimes might not be exactly what you want to hear, but, um, his, his teams play hard and, and well, and, uh, he's been very, very consistent, obviously huge, huge, uh, one of the all time greats. Brad wants to know what you thought about Fran putting Lodgy back in with two fouls in the first half. He picked up that third rather quickly. Yeah, I think it was more, you know, running out of bodies. <laughs> he just kind of rolled the dice a little bit. Yeah, you knew he was going to do that. I think he was going to roll the dice with Lodge as opposed to right. Owen. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he barely put Owen back in the game with four fouls. I mean, it was like, well, a minute to go when he put him back. Well, they were playing well. They're, they were playing pretty well, so uh, I think that's part of the reason. All right. Um, let's go to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close, who's on the line. Hi, this is John. Hey, John. Hey, John. Brad uh, McCaffrey made, in his press conference said uh, that he wasn't retiring anytime soon. Was that just maybe to scratch the rumors on the recruiting trail? Possibly. I'm sure that I'm sure people have have probably brought that up. You know, they, they always try to bring something up in terms of the coach, whether they're going to retire or move on to another job or whatever, to try to see some doubt uh, in recruits. But that, that possibly could be. Could this work to our advantage when we play Illinois? If we can stay close and in the second half possibly get a lead that they might think, well, here we go again after the Penn state game. Yeah, no, I, 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 like we, we had talked earlier, they've been kind of flirting with trouble a lot of late and they they have found ways to, for the most part to get wins, but um, yeah, no, I, that's, that's a, that's a crushing loss when you've got a seven point lead with less than a minute to go. So um, well, it'll be interesting to see how they recover from it. Team in your conference, after they won a close game or after they've lost a close game? Say that again. Conference leading team, if you're middle of the pack, uh, would you like to play them after they've lost a close game or barely won a close game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, barely won. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Although I don't, I don't think it means a whole whole lot difference because Illinois is playing for the Big Ten championship. So, you know, if they're I, if they're not ready to play, then I'd be real surprised. But um, either way, I was going to have to play real well. Look on the bright side, John. Uh, even if Iowa loses Saturday, this loss to Penn State is one more loss that could potentially put them out of the Big Ten race heading into the final weekend when Iowa plays them again. So. So maybe they're not up for that game. Maybe they're up for this game. They beat Iowa, but because of this loss to Penn State, they're they're out of the race that final weekend, and Iowa can get them then. I mean, I, that's how I would look at it. Good way to look at it. All right. Thank, thank, thank you, guys. John. Appreciate it, sir. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody being here, and I did just get confirmation on this, and I just tested it out. So anybody uh, wonders, they can they can go check it out themselves. The code is active. It will expire at midnight. So please get your orders oh. in now. IowaSmokeHouse.com. Use the code Hawkeye22 in tribute to Caitlin Clark's record-breaking night a week ago. Hawkeye22 at IowaSmokeHouse.com. It's your last chance. Four hours to go on this deal, folks. Again, IowaSmokeHouse.com. Hawkeye22. If you tested it earlier and you couldn't get through, do it again promise you it's back up and live iowa smokehouse and their awesome snacking products their meat sticks their jerky their salsas their barbecue sauces ketchups everything is awesome and get 22 percent off and free shipping with every 50 dollar order also want to thank rti threads you saw their message across the bottom of your screen they've got their cooper DeGene apparel at cd3lacesup.com also the apparel for a bunch of hawkeye football players like aaron graves carson shire aiden hall zach lutmer but you can also check out their baseball apparel, their team NIL apparel over at iowabaseballswarm.com. You see the website on the bottom of your screen, and it's in the description 
iowabaseballswarm.com, now live, a partnership between RTI, Iowa Baseball, and The Swarm. Our RTI Threads player of the game for last night, Ben Crickey, 18 big points, 7 of 11 from the field, 14 rebounds, and had to play the majority of the game due to foul trouble to uh, Lodgy Dembele and Owen Freeman. I will say this about Lodgy. One final thought on Lodgy. I have I've been critical of him as a freshman. I've also made the comment that I think he's maybe he's one of the guys with the most upside on this team because I think he's athletic, he's more athletic than we're typically we typically see with guys who are playing the five at Iowa. And I know he's kind of a, more of a four, but he's been playing some five. He is a guy who I think Fran must have a lot of confidence in. They like him. Even though he's he takes weird shots, he fouls, he sometimes turns the ball over. Fran puts him in over other guys. There, there's just and I thought it was interesting. I don't remember the tw- who it was that tweeted it out, but I did see it on social media last night that Peyton Sanford talked post game about how they did have a players only meeting, and I say players only. Apparently, Connor McCaffrey was involved with that meeting, which I thought was interesting, along with Patrick. And it sounds like the people who really stepped up and were vocal were Peyton Sanford, Tony Perkins. Uh, Patrick and Connor and Lodgy. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, he's a true freshman. Right. Um, I, I just thought that's interesting. I, I don't know if that yeah. means anything, but uh, maybe we've underestimated him a little bit. Um, I think there's a reason, obviously a reason I will liked him out of. Yeah, there's certainly potential there. He's just, you know, you just got to get, got to keep improving. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, final few notes on uh, the win last night. The victory is Iowa's second straight quad one victory. Their third true road win of the season. They have now won two of the last three games at Michigan State, five of their last six against the Spartans overall. Iowa snapped Michigan State's nine-game home winning streak. Impressive stuff there. It was the Spartans' third home loss this season. This win is Iowa's eighth Big Ten victory of the year. They now are at eight and eight and playing for potentially a spot in the NCAAs here in a few weeks. The Hawkeyes led by as many as 16, 51-35 in that second half. They trailed by three at the 634 mark before going on a 15-1 run. Which included a Peyton Sanford three with 13 seconds left to give Iowa a 12 point advantage at halftime. Ben Crickey, his uh, third double double of the season, again, 14 rebounds to go along with his 18 points, uh, and uh, had 11 points, nine boards in that first half, played all 20 minutes of the first half. Patrick McCaffrey was sensational 14 points, five of eight shooting, went four or five from the free throw line. Peyton Sanford, 22 points, seven of 15 shooting, along with six rebounds, his seventh 20 point game of the season made two three-pointers for the 22nd game of his career. Hawkeye shot 51% from the field. They were 18 of 23 from the free throw line. Those are numbers that could pay big dividends down the stretch as you're playing in the postseason, whatever that may be, wherever that may be. Um, And the Hawkeye shot more free throws than Michigan State attempted. So when you're at East Lansing and you can out-rebound them by a rebound and then out-shoot them from the free throw line, uh, yeah. convincingly, that's going to pay big dividends, yeah. even though Michigan State made 10 threes. So uh, Iowa committed just six turnovers at the Breslin Center. They're 12-2 and two now in shooting at least 50% from the field. And again, as we mentioned earlier, the Hawks play uh, what will likely be an angry 12th-ranked Illini, Illini team on Saturday uh, over in Champaign. Tough place to play. Should be raucous, yeah. but Iowa's, yeah. Iowa has seen plenty of road environments. Hey, uh, I saw the number one team in the country, UConn, go down to a team that beat Iowa earlier this year. In, I mean, easily. Flames, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, incredible. And did you see? Uh, did you see our friend Bobby Hurley tell one of the students that he was going to kick their blank on the way out? No, I, I read it. I think I read it in the paper or something. But yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be at the top of my list, but who knows? Do you know Bobby? Danny. Oh, it was Danny. I actually recruited. I actually recruited Bobby Hurley for Iowa. Okay. Um, so I got to know his dad a little bit. Uh, Danny, I don't know at all. Okay, I mix the Hurley guys up all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, thought that was interesting. Who's the favorite to win it all right now, Gary? I think it's UConn still. Houston. It's Houston. Okay, good win against Iowa State the other night. Good win against yeah. Iowa State. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, folks. Well, I'll be back with you tomorrow night. Uh, the women play a big game in Bloomington uh, over on Peacock. So uh, check it out. Fourth-ranked Hawkeyes versus the 14th-ranked uh, Hoosiers. Actually, I think Iowa moved up. Maybe these rankings are, aren't accurate. But regardless, 7 p.m. tip-off on Peacock. 
and we'll have post-game coverage with the great Kashin Alexander. Check out our sponsors, folks, rtithreads.com, cd3lacesup.com, iowabaseballswarm.com, plus iowasmokehouse.com. Get your orders in, Hawkeye22, for 22% off your order. Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time on a Thursday evening or Wednesday evening, and we'll talk to you hopefully Saturday. Sounds good, Corey. All right, folks, for Coach Gary Close, I'm Corey Bratta from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Have a great night. I will talk to you tomorrow.